Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to Hey, Jeff, a podcast about Survivor and many other things. Danielle, how are you doing this afternoon? I really couldn't be better. I've never been better. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Ask it can only why. go up from here or down from here? Um, oh, well, I mean, I you know. It certainly could go down. It certainly could go down. Well, the reason I feel so good is I saw, I got a present. And I just don't know if you all realize that my love language is gifts. So this really tickled me pink. (laughs) I just want to say quickly, I'm acts of service. I will gladly Mm. drive a family member of yours to the airport at four in the morning. But that's how you give. How do you receive? I am unable to receive. Oh, okay. That's a <laughs> well, separate me, problem I'm working on. <laughs> for me, receiving is gift getting, and then giving is words of affirmation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Hit us with I your, like to tell people how much they mean to me. <laughs> hit us with your, your trash can picks and your words of affirmation. Or no, no, exactly. or gifts. No, you gifts. want gifts. Okay. Yeah, I want no, gifts and Brad don't. can't accept anything, so don't bother. <laughs> yeah, no. I've thought about <laughs> no, I've thought about this a lot. I don't know if I like any of the five. I mean, you who doesn't like, like a gift, but like, I don't care about gifts. What about a nice hug? Sure. What is, <laughs> which one is that? That's physical touch. I don't like physical touch. All right. <laughs> like, here's the thing. It's like, I like a nice hug. I like physical touch, like in a meaningful way. But like, I feel people who like physical touch, they just want to like be touching you all the time. Yeah. Absolutely not. No, Leave no, me no. the fuck alone. I want to sit on my on my side of the couch alone. Don't touch me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> oh my what about God. quality time? Just like doing activities. Fun I activities need quality together. time alone. alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like quality time alone too. Um, <laughs> well, listen, it's a mystery. Someday perhaps we'll get to the bottom of Maybe how Maybe there's a sixth one that like physicists need, uh, can discover on, on a, on a, a moon of, of Jupiter or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh, drops of Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> let's get on that train and let's talk about a tweet we received to lead off the podcast from Marco at Spicy Marco BB. Uh, Marco bought us a cameo, bought Danielle a cameo. I just am, I'm in I'm the sharing it. periphery, but uh, we're just going to play it right here. Hey, Danny, it's Sarah Beth from Big Brother. Marco got this cameo so that I could tell you congratulations on your baby. Ah, I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. (laughs) I also know you host a podcast with Brett called Hey, Julie. We love a podcast for casuals by casuals because let's be honest, casual fans, hardcore fans, it's the truth. Congratulations once more on your baby. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And I hope things continue to go really well on your podcast. All right. Bye. So much to unpack. Oh, my gosh. I have a lot to say. First of all, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Marco. I, it, I'm truly touched. I was cackling like from the moment I got it to right now. I absolutely love it. I love the detail. The detail that Sarah Beth put into this, clearly provided by Marco, is really top notch. Talking about the fact that we are we are the casuals, and this has come up a lot this week um, that we are the ultimate casuals of <laughs> viewing anything. <laughs> so we all have fun with our characters, with our cast members. 
Um, I don't know if Mark. So I booked cameos. I booked cameos, and the, there's a little box where you can write in all sorts of details that the person sees. Now I don't know if Marco entered in the four casuals by casuals thing <laughs> about Hey Julie, or if poor Sarah Beth went to at Hey Julie BB on Twitter, <laughs> uh, which she learned this thing because I felt like it was. Listen, we all know Sarah Beth. I don't know, can seem to have a bit of like this weird facade. We talked about it all summer that she seems a little bit like a haunted doll. Mm-hmm. If she did go to Hey Julie BB to 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 maybe just do a little bit more research for your cameo, she would have seen two weeks ago. I'll just say I tweeted because it was me. <laughs> I tweeted, quote, I discovered Sarah Beth's Twitch channel last night, and now I need to check into a mental hospital AMA. <laughs> I know. We never really dug into that. I've discovered Sarah Beth's Twitch channel, and it is... I, I, here, here I go again. Ruining Sarah Beth's life. It's yeah. psycho. She's, like, <laughs> reading... Like, she's doing, like, voices and, like, reading anime stuff and, like... That me- sounds like a regular, schmegular old Twitch live stream channel <laughs> No, this is weirder. No, I mean, it would almost be better if she was just, like, headshotting people on Call of Duty. <laughs> this was... I felt like I had opened up a weird corner of the internet that I did not want to be back on. I did not want the government to know that I was on that corner. <laughs> um, so... I do feel bad for Sarah if she went to <laughs> check it out and was like, oh, I don't these think people she... don't watch Big Brother and they're mean to everybody. Uh, counterpoint. I don't think she did that. Okay. <laughs> I don't think she did any research. I think this is all thanks to Marco. I think okay. you get like a certain number of characters, I think, that you get to send to them. So I think the bullet points were um, Big Brother podcast with Brett. She's pregnant and they're casuals. <laughs> like, I think that those are the bullet points and Sarah Beth just ran with it. Also, you couldn't see in the visual of the cameo, which we have retweeted and we'll retweet it again on our Twitter account. Hey, Julie BB. Um, she does a physical when she talks about casuals versus not like hardcore, more hardcore, hardcore fans. She clearly is in favor of casual fans more because hardcore fans are insane. Speaking she of did a little scales crazy. of justice thing. And let me tell you, justice is not blind. <laughs> <laughs> she pre- much refers she casuals. Can see, and her name is Sarah Beth. Yeah, exactly. So what an absolute delight. I just the pure randomness of it uh, really tickled me. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I fell out of my chair last night watching. I was like, it was so funny. Um, It's the second it's the second time this week where I've seen something like about (laughs) me on the internet (laughs) and started laughing uh, maniacally. So the first time was when Brett noticed that um, there's discussion of Big Brother podcasts on the Big Brother Reddit, and apparently, like, the one that mentioned us kept getting downvoted. I upvoted it to four, and then I immediately watched it go three, two. I just want to say the... I'm going to read the exact comment, because it's very funny. Hey, Julie, they also cover Survivor and whatever else they feel like in terms of pop culture. I love their casual style. They're so casual sometimes they don't even watch the episodes. (laughs) But the energy is all there. 10 out of 10. 
<laughs> would recommend. That's from Anyang Funke from Arrested, Deve- Arrested Development. Listen, I just absolutely love this comment. I was crying laughing. <laughs> Listen. I mean, drag me. He, they're right. He, she, they, whoever. They're right. My first piece of advice to anyone who ever starts working in digital media space is never read the comments. <laughs> yes, never I totally read agree. The comments. As someone who reads a lot of comments during my job, I absolutely agree. Um, so do I not. don't read. I don't read the comments. Like we have a very fun uh, community of people like responding to our Twitter who are mostly positive. Every once in a while, someone's like mean, or, or maybe they're not even trying to be mean half the time. But it's like everything they say something, it just like comes across as mean. So I'm like, okay, leave me alone, mute. Um, Every once in a while, I will pop in on the reviews on Apple <laughs> oh, no. for this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> and they're not great. They're not great. <laughs> they're not fantastic. I mean, people hate us for not being Rob. They mainly hate me. They think that you're fake laughing at me all the time, like trying to be nice, like we're on an awkward date, like, and you're just like trying not to get murdered. Danielle and I have a history. We've known each other for a decade and we're friends and oh made each other God. laugh long before we ever bought a fucking microphone. I love it. I love it. I'm not going to, like, I'm going to just trust you. I'm not going to go. Don't, I think I just read, don't, don't. I have read before and um, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. But, oh, my microphone fell. Um, <laughs> because I'm like laughing too hard into it. Um, it's just a de- every once in a while you get a delightful comment that like isn't it's like it's positive but it's also like really makes you think about yourself and that's how I felt about the on that's perfect that's what we want yeah, that's what exactly. we want out of this podcast if you haven't figured it out by now like we don't we're not it's- living <laughs> and dying but like we don't we don't have like our own we're not running a business out of this by like I, I, no, it's, it's hard it's to say hobby. because it's kind of really the only comparison, but like Rob has a podcast. That's his business. And his business is like, man, we got to do eight Big Brother podcasts a week, eight Survivor podcasts a week because I got to pay the bills. I got to fail. We got to pay the bills, booming. but we have other jobs. Oh, we have other jobs. We don't <laughs> yeah. care. And other jobs like, where we can tell you, don't read the comments. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and this is just purely fun for us. And sometimes keeping it fun for us means we see what happens on Big Brother and we're like, why do I need to watch this nomination episode? Or why do I need to watch this veto episode? I know what happens. (laughs) Nothing happens. For a minute, when I read that comment, I was like, wait, I feel like I watched so much Big Brother. And then I thought, you know, you're right. (laughs) Then I I thought about this season where you and I would record and I would literally be like, all right, I didn't watch Sunday or Wednesday, but I watched last night. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I mean, that feels like you've watched so much. Also, yeah, also Big Brother's a lot. It's three hours a week. Survi- <laughs> no. It's a fucking lot. Survivor is one hour. Complain a week. Okay. about how much we have to watch. All right. I was thinking uh, about that a lot this week because baseball has a they lock. There's a lockout in baseball. And I've heard. Like, you know how I we're going to get everyone to like baseball again? <laughs> a sport that everyone agrees is way too fucking long and nobody watches is we're going to take it away. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm sure some people's grandpas are going to be if upset, the- but like, oh, no one cares. The problem is no one's watching it to begin with. Just take it away. Fine. Like, 
is watch, the um watch is uh, the cornhole. Is it because of the uh the players' of, union? It's because of billionaires. So it's the owners. Yeah, I mean, this was this was something that was going to happen. Like honestly, two or three years ago, people were like, "Oh yeah," in in the winter of twenty twenty one, this would happen. It was just this happens. Like there's always a there's a, a contract between the players' union and the owners, and it yeah. eventually expires. And this always happens in every sport when it expires. Is like we're going on strike or we're going on a lockout, and then like within six to twelve months, it is over. Yeah. Well, I you this might shock you to know. But I read a book recently called Twilight of the Elites by Chris oh. Hayes, and it talked uh, about the MLB and how the baseball players union has actually historically been one of like the strongest, uh, not only sports unions, but just like unions in the USA and how much like the players and owners absolutely hate each other. So I know I know a little something about this. Last week, we spent the first 13 minutes talking about Black <laughs> Friday and trash cans. And here we are, 13 minutes in, talking about labor politics. <laughs> yeah. You get a little bit of everything on Hey Julie. We're just I casually would like to talk dipping about into Survivor. much. Yeah. <laughs> Many That's things. okay, Danielle. Please, let's I know you want to talk it... about this book you read. <laughs> um, let's talk about it because. It was a great episode, even though oh it had, my God. I would say it veered a little too uh, closely to Big Brother for my taste in terms of the twist. But let's talk about this episode. Yeah. So, I mean, is there anything from before the twist that you want to talk about? Liana felt blindsided. Deshaun was upset about Shan's snake comment. And then sort of in his being shook up about it, like event kind of came off as a little bit aggro and crazy. And like, it was clear after that night, it's like, Oh, he's next. Cause he's just like, yeah, he's lost his cool a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I don't think so. It was like mostly Xavier being like, wow, I'm on top now. How exciting. Xander. Oh, Xander. Sorry. Yeah. Xander. Um, well, your, your mind is on PP. Yeah. It is. And then I, I, I do have to say when I think it, possibly when they were talking about Deshaun, but when they mentioned Snake, the editors did an absolutely gorgeous cut to a stunning snake. I've never seen a snake like this. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. It was like white and pink and green. It was, and its tongue was flickering. It was beautiful. Well, they have like a big brother. If they were to call someone a snake, they can't just cut to a snake. Cause you'd be like, <laughs> right? what? There's a snake in Studio City? But they'll just do a sound effect. They'll do it like a chicka chicka chicka. Yeah. Or if they're like, hey, man, you're a clown. They'll be like, oh, huh? <laughs> I don't know what sound effect that was. But yeah, good sound effect. I mean, Survivor is always good for like. The B-roll. Hey, man, you're just a shark out there. And then they cut to a shark eating a fucking seal or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just want to. So that's that's pretty much it. Then, yeah, we get we can talk about the twist. First of all, excellent. I, I was. I'm always just like cranked up to 11 whenever this happens. This has happened a few times this season where it's like Jeff is at the stage by himself and he's like, all right, we're going to have a twist on the competition today. Here's what's going to happen. The first person to lose is, uh, is going to play this extra competition and maybe they're just going to go home straight away and we won't even have a tribal council. But we'll wait. Like, I just love when he like whispers to the camera. It was, <laughs> it's just so 
<clears throat> it's so weird. He's just, he's just on. He's just yeah. like fully he's so excited. I love it. Yeah, he was excited. I, I noticed when they came into the challenge, they're like, good morning, Jeff. And he was like, thank you for that. Good morning, energy. <laughs> like he, or like, thank you for saying good morning again. And I was yeah. like, how many times did they film this? <laughs> like, no, that was, yeah. He said that to Erica. like, good morning. He's like, good morning, Erica. And he has just like <laughs> PE teacher at seven in the morning yes. energy yeah. where he's just like, Y'all don't want to be here. Many of you haven't eaten food, but someone here needs to inspire you to run two miles. Yes. And that's going to be me. The timed miles. Uh, what was your timed mile? <laughs> Not <school>. good. <laughs> I I remember my number, but you know why? Because it's bad. I, okay, mine, we'll go. Yeah. Mine was 9-11. Oh, wow. I know. Wow. Um, Nine minutes and 11 seconds. <laughs> I started off in the in the in the like tens. Yeah. I didn't I literally didn't know how people ran like a six minute mile or a like oh. a seven well, minute mile. Well that is still really that's very fast. I don't know. I thought I was on the slower side. But then I did a sport and I actually got like pretty in shape for like that one three months. And I was like, oh, I actually kind of got up to like seven and a half. That's quick. That's really quick. Oh, and then I stopped and I started doing fucking improv and Shakespeare (laughs) and I was like, (laughs) back to 10. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Wait, well, speaking of like physical activity and this challenge, this was the first challenge all season where I genuinely think I could have done pretty well. I spent a lot of time thinking about the strategy for this one. And I've seen this one a few times. Yeah. Yeah, because some of them switched. Right. Ricard was holding it wrists up. And then he switched. Danny, in the last round, he was holding it wrists down for the entire yeah. competition. And then in the last round, which he won, he was holding it wrists up. Wrists up is the way to go, in my wow. opinion. It's wrists up. And what sucks is it was windy. That, like, how can they, you don't, you can't have a strategy against that. But, <laughs> but I Would have you pretty like good them balance. to do it in, like, a sound stage <laughs> in Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> they could have built a little hut or something. All, all I'm saying, a little coverage. But, the survivor. Um, <laughs> but I think it. It's not that like it's that heavy. You just have to hold it for a while. Oh yeah. I no, could, and then there's all these all like day. little points of. There's all these like extra little points of failure in there where if like you get a slightly weird angle, all of a sudden the platform, the little discs are slipping away from each other. The trick is you just don't look at the ball. You pick something that's stationary that will not move. So like the wind won't make it move. So you pick like the box or something and you stare at that. That's That's all these competitions. All these competitions are like fully separating your mind from your body. Yeah. Yeah. Full mind body separation. (laughs) Yeah. No, really. It's like, all right, I'm standing on this pole. And everything hurts and just like the tips of my toes are on a platform here and I haven't eaten and sweat is pouring on my face and there are bugs on my face and I I haven't slept and I'm, I'm hot and cold at the same time. I have yeah. who knows what little injuries going on and it's just like, can I, can I balance here? Can I stand here? Can I just completely separate myself from the pain? 
And yeah, you can't even think I have bugs on my face. You have to think I am not my body. My body has bugs on my face. I am somewhere else. Yeah. I am in another plane of existence. And you can't even look at other people. Like, see how the other no, people are No, that's the worst we, thing oh to do. Oh, my God. Yeah. But so, <clears throat> so the whole, the twist, I mean, uh, so you, <laughs> how am I going to explain this? I saw someone tweet that it, it was like, Jeff called up Allison Grodner, who's the executive producer of Big Brother, and was like, so what did you guys not use this season? <laughs> like, give us a twist. And that is, it felt like a Big Brother twist in terms of like, I, I thought to myself, there's no way this twist is actually going to do anything. You know, like actually going to work. It did in a way. In a way, it it saved Deshaun this, this week. In a way, I mean, it was Probably. fully by not by chance, I would say, but I actually had your voice in my head while we were watching that, particularly while we were watching the the tribal council do or die thing. Where, what was this? It was the smash the glass thing earlier in the year where you're like, of course she's going to smash the glass because this is Survivor. And of course they didn't give enough of a punishment for smashing the glass because this is Survivor and it is a well-produced show and they want the thing that would cause the most chaos or they would want just the most interesting result to happen. Right. And not by chance because Danny won this outright and because Deshaun threw, you know, he made the choice to participate and then he also lost. But I would say by chance from a pr producer's perspective, you had sort of the minority alliance serve as the main two factors this week, right? To back it up a little bit, we opened this week with seven people and there's kind of an official changing of the guard of who's who has the majority numbers wise. It had always been the Danny, Deshaun, Liana, Shan crew. They were on top. Nasir. Oh, my boy. I know. <laughs> and then uh, and then after evicting Shan, the numbers switched. And Xander, Erica, Ricard, Heather were sort of a foursome. And Liana, Deshaun, Danny were all of a sudden a three. And it was a three versus a four. So by, you know, the events play out and you have one person from that three is safe. And then you have a 33% chance that the other person is going to be safe. So creating, you know, kind of a weird scenario here where Erica really was like, okay, maybe it is like more of a three on three. And Erica's like, I'm actually the free agent here. And I'm going to decide whether Ricard's going to go home or whether Liana's going to go home. We'll talk about it later. Xander uses double vote to make sure that happens. And I think that's an interesting thing cool. to note as we talk uh, at the, the end of it. But at first, I was like, once it became clear that like Ricard was in danger and it was going to be like Ricard versus Liana sort of thing. Um, I was, I was like enthralled as he was opening up those, those little boxes and it was, and, and him at first him losing that, like pick, oh, picking one of the skull boxes would have been the more interesting <laughs> result. But then it became clear because it was Danny and Deshaun. Actually, the more interesting result would be Deshaun staying. Yeah. Uh, 
because he know, was kind of the dead man walking that episode. It, it, it was it was thrilling, and I was just hearing your voice. I'm sorry, I'll, I'm done. One second, I was just hearing your voice of like, of course, it's going to go the most interesting way possible because it's Survivor, <laughs> and and thank they God. are going to make have the most interesting, compelling thing happen. Yeah, uh, but it was really pure luck, and he got extremely lucky because did you know that? Oh, yes. In terms of math, <laughs> oh yes, probability he should have actually changed. Xander, did you knew know it. that? Yes, yeah. <laughs> no, it's the Monty Hall problem. I wrote it before Xander said it. This okay. was a game show in the seventies called I don't know, whatever, something in the seventies. Open that Snort box. this coke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pump this gas. <laughs> There's none. Um. So, Beth, it doesn't seem like it should make sense, but f- it seems like it should just be 33% no matter what. But mathematically, right. if you're presented with the three boxes or the three doors and you make one decision, I can't explain how. I produce, uh, we, I produce podcasts for a living. Like, I don't <laughs> understand how math works. Technically, you should switch after the the first door is revealed to you. And... When he didn't switch, I was like, oh, no, you should have switched. <laughs> yeah. But but he got extremely lucky. Yeah, yeah. Extra lucky because this is Survivor, so the most interesting thing did happen. If this was Big Brother, first of all, none of them would have played. <laughs> they all would have said, like, yeah. nah, we don't want to take the chance. <laughs> and that would have been it for the twist. And we would have had, like, 15 extra minutes <laughs> of the show to fill. Um, but luckily... He did. And yeah, the most interesting thing happened. We also got um, we got a nice character dive on Danny this week that oh, yeah. we we've been lacking. I've always sort of I've liked him, but there hasn't been much to go off of. But he really dives into like his, it's the 25th anniversary of his dad passing away and he wins the challenge. Okay, one thing about him winning the challenge, though, is like um, Deshaun was like, wow, congratulations. You went up against Ricard and Xander and you won. That's amazing. And of course it is amazing because they're both really good at challenges. But I was like, um, he is an NFL player. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's great that he won, but also like, yeah, I, I don't think it's that surprising that he could win against them. <laughs> But also, this is not like a NFL player, sort of. That's true. It was. I mean, when he was on the team, that was like, hey, move this giant fucking boulder. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, that's an NFL player, sort of of thing. Or, uh, I mean, he would, I I think he played defense. He was like a safety or a linebacker or something like that. But um, he, it it was, I would say this was, not really like a full on like oh the strongest person here wins. No, it's like no, the most definitely. nimble or to to your point earlier it's like who can concentrate the hardest and like separate the pain or just maybe it's not even a painful thing to do but it's it's like annoying to hold that position cuz any sort of microscopic change you make in your attention or, or how you're holding your wrist will make you lose. 
Yeah. But again, I would say being an ex NFL player would only help him in that regard because <laughs> he's used to playing in like these big games where people are probably screaming, I don't know, obscenities at him. Uh, and people are trying to kill on the field, are trying to give him a legal concussion. So um, I just think, I-, I was like, yeah, it's great he won, but like he should be able to win. <laughs> he is a huge, yeah, I mean, it talented was the- man. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was a little bit good for for Xander and Ricard that like someone won an individual immunity that wasn't one of them because it feels yeah. like it was just them trading it off. I mean, Erica's won one as well. Um, right. I I kind of thought because of all the time we spent with Danny this episode, I was like, oh, he's going home because <laughs> I was like, we haven't gotten enough of him yet, and I can tell he's a, he just has this depth when he does when he has done his very few. Um, testimonials that I was like, we haven't uncovered that yet. So now this episode we did. So I was like, he's probably going to be cut loose. But then he wasn't. So I'm happy. I'm interested to see him. I I honestly have felt that he just hasn't really needed to play much of a game. Yeah. Um, His his tribe never went to tribal in pre-merge. And he just seems like a really likable guy um, who at the same time wasn't playing super hard obviously is a bit of a physical threat but so many of the competitions down the road are not yeah it's a physical challenge standing on a stick for an hour but those that's actually not really built for someone of Danny's size it's actually more built for someone like Erica who's strong and short uh, as we've discussed with Big Brother and and, and on Survivor too so uh i i i'm actually i'm i'm interested to see now that you know moving on to next week there's sort of a four versus two situation like how are danny and deshaun gonna play here and i'd like just to see danny play a little bit more and 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 make some strategic decisions just through no fault no fault of his own it's just i I didn't feel like he was super active in them and he was kind of just like going along with group and you obviously have these headstrong people like Deshaun and and Shan sort of leading the uh, Shan later on sort of leading that group and and the power struggle between them sort of leading the the direction of that of that alliance rather than than Danny. Yeah. Um speaking of Shan, so let's flash forward again to the tribal yeah. council. It looked like she was crying throughout. Am I wrong? Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean is she going to be a bitter juror is my question. I mean, I think she she said she was going to be a bitter juror when she got voted out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She said, like, Ricard has my vote. But sometimes people say that in the heat of the moment, say things in the heat of the moment, and then they have a week and they have a hot shower and she looked glowing, even though it, I couldn't tell if it was the fire, if like getting in her eyes or if she was actually crying. Um, it, I could tell she was upset to start. And then yeah. we have on top of that, we have a very, very deep tribal yes. council that is just becomes this like sort of emotional not airing like airing of just like where everybody's at and why this is important to them. And yeah. these are conversations that we've been having all year um, from the announcement last fall or last winter of a 50% BIPOC cast for these shows to BB Canada having um, 
a very diverse cast and a diverse final two and a, you know, and a, a diverse winner. Same thing, obviously, what happened with the cookout and Big Brother um, 23. Um, these are conversations that have been having, and I'm glad they're being had on Survivor as well. Again, I haven't seen every season of Survivor. I don't know if a conversations if conversations like this have been happening on Survivor or not. Survivor yeah. is a much more popular show. Survivor has had black winners before. Um, Survivor has had has seemed to have had more um, diverse cast. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, but I'm glad they're having that conversation. And obviously, you could tell how emotional that was making Shan. We saw the connection between Shan and Liana. And what yeah. was really interesting to me is we were kind of going into the lead up of this. And Erica was kind of framing herself as like the free agent vote. And I mentioned this earlier. And it seemed like the smart decision was just to get out Liana, keep the numbers here instead of get out Ricard. You know, Ricard obviously kind of has the inside track to winning, but if you don't have the numbers, then it's like, well, what does it matter if you're going to, if Ricard doesn't win, if you can't get to the end either? I thought Erica was like completely convinced by everything that had happened emotionally. I could just see the look in her eyes. I was like, oh my God. Like this obviously means something to Erica as well, you know, um, of Asian descent. I, I wasn't going to call her Asian American because she's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I was like, I, just looking at her, look at Liana and look at them and just like, I, I could see she was quite emotional as well. I was like, man, this means something to her um, in a way. And I actually thought, she's like, you know what? I'm going to keep Liana around and like make my way make this kind of a part of my game. Obviously that didn't happen, but I, I, for a minute there, I was convinced it would. Yeah. I, the conversation was wonderful and it, it's like, they, I don't know if it's because they cast such great people or because everyone, if you give them the opportunity and the platform to say something like this would be able to speak this like beautifully and from the heart. But, um, it was it was a really great conversation with with um I thought a lot of self-awareness as well. Like the part where Liana said, like, I bet there's a lot of people who at home who are like, I don't want to watch this, I just want to watch Survivor. I love yeah, that, that she said great. that. That was the best part. Yeah, because I'm sure there is a big part of the audience who, you know, they're not. They're not, for lack of a better term, woke. They're not like they Read are. Read the just comments. Like, yeah. I'm sure you can go to see at CBS on Twitter and people people responding to that episode on Twitter being like, "Get this off my thing. I just want to not think about anything." Right. Well, but I you can't not I think about something. We live in the world. A hundred percent. And that's why I thought it was so great that she acknowledged that. Yeah. Yeah. And she said that word for word, and she, and she said. She said, I get that. And I think that is a way to call people out, but in a gentle way where they're like, oh, all right. Yeah, that is how I was feeling. She gets it. But it's still worth, like, maybe I'll still pay attention to it or whatever. I'll listen. I'll learn something. I have to say. <laughs> so they have this great conversation. And then, and this, and beautiful music is playing, like the music cues, whoever did yeah. it, did a great job. But then the music stops and they go, Heather, what do you think about this? Oh my God, I wrote this down. 
I wrote this down. And oh I God. held my breath because I was really ready. I was so ready for Heather to be like, you know, I don't get it. <laughs> like, she basically said that. She basically said that. <laughs> or like, or like, I don't think it's such a big deal. Can't we all be friends? Or like, I don't see color. Like, I was so ready for just an absolute bomb to be dropped by Heather. No, I think she did okay. Listen. She said, quote, I had no idea this was going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. They shot this this in 2021. Yeah. How did you have no idea? Well, maybe in 2020. Maybe in fucking May 2020, someone from her of Heather's age and location, South Carolina, has that excuse. But it's like, how, how do you have no idea this was going on? That's actively sticking your head in the sand or actively only listening to people on your side of the issue. <laughs> yeah. I. But to her credit... She was moved, and I think if she if she truly had no idea, it seems like well now she knows, and hopefully she'll try to learn more. I don't know. I don't know. I I wrote it down just because I was like, of course you had no idea. Like, well, it was just such a funny. I, I was I was just so not surprised and like, oh god, because like, they did it. They did a little check-in with uh, Xander, too. And Xander, of course, he's young. He's smart. He's with it. He had a great answer, I thought. Yeah. And then they, but then they go, the music stops. It's like, it, cut, it cuts out. Dead silence. Heather, what do you think? Oh, my God. <laughs> Heather was probably like, oh, don't ask me. I don't know. <laughs> there are many sides to the issue. <laughs> yeah, no. right. Shut up. Shut up. Uh, um, yeah, whatever, Heather. Um, Congratulations on third. You know who I wish they talked to? My no. man, Nasir. Oh, my God. I was like, let's open this up to both sides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of the, let's pass of the, the fire. conch over to the jury. <laughs> yeah. Because it's such a good conversation. I, But I guess they're not allowed to talk at all, right? The jury with the... Tiffany with is. The, well, Tiffany gets to say bravo. Tiffany looked great last night, by the way. Wow, wow, she's, wow. She's... She's like a different person. She has nothing to fucking worry about. She yeah. lives on this beautiful resort hotel. She gets yeah. fed all... It's like, you lived in New York City. You gotta worry all the fucking time. That's Am true. Am I gonna I step aged. in shit? Am I gonna get <laughs> yelled at? Am I gonna get catcalled? Am yeah. I gonna get mugged? Am I gonna make rent this month? <laughs> am, I gonna miss, am I gonna miss the train? Yeah, I gotta go uptown to work for all the crooks, and I live downtown on Skid Row. She doesn't have to worry about any of that. She's yeah. free. She's free. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing to be free. Um, well, that's it for Survivor. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> oh, much. Oh yeah, right? Leanna got voted out. Leanna got voted out. Unfortunately, after that, five three. Speech. Xander used his double vote there as insurance against. Uh, Erica maybe flipping sides against him. So, I mean, there's not too many votes left. There's six people. Um, so I guess there's only like three more tribals like left. He still has um he still has a uh uh an immunity idol, but interesting to use that double vote in this scenario where like he just basically that was Xander guaranteeing that Liana went home. He listen. He's still playing Big Brother. 
He's and he's playing like a what? like an absolute beast. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> Survivor. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> sorry. Casual. Sorry. Yeah, she doesn't even know what show she's watching. <laughs> Where's Julie Chen? <laughs> um, no, he's still playing Survivor, so he's still ready to slit the throats in the name of the game. Slit that throat. <laughs> um. Should we move on to succession? Uh, we shall. Okay. So can I just <laughs> so say that this episode of succession is called too much birthday. Never <laughs> Which, enough for you. <laughs> well, have you ever read the Mercer Mayer books? Do no. you know Mercer Mayer, little critter? <laughs> nope. Oh, well, that's what it, it's referencing. It's like this little critter who like has too much birthday or I'm going to send you the, I'll send you the images of the books. Right. They're so good. It's like too much birthday, too much um, party, too much sleepover. And then there's one that's called just a mess. <laughs> and there's Is he one just called, like a little bear who like eats no, too much porridge? No, he's a critter. He's a critter. What is a critter? What? He's, he, I don't just know what rodent? kind of animal he is. He's just, yeah, he's a rodent. <laughs> And you like that's <laughs> too much he, cake. Yeah, and exactly. Critter the lesson for the children in, the in yeah, yeah. The lesson for the children when you read them the book is like, see, you can't party all the time. Interesting. Despite what Eddie Murphy might tell you. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, good. Teach kids like, hey, no, don't. It's like it's not your birthday all the time. Shut up. Exactly. <laughs> There's been a lot of buildup towards this episode, I thought. And I thought it was a... Here's the thing. I thought it was a good episode, despite, again, nothing happening. Nothing happening. What happened in this episode? A t- it's a TV show. It's all about. It's always about nothing happening and kicking the ball further true. down the road. That's um, not true. This was setting up more... I mean, I think this is setting up like... Roman is... I, I don't know. I, I've said this before. I think they're setting up for a bunch of sort of very late stage defections to Kendall's side. Maybe. I think Shipman well, has just yeah. getting been getting shit on all year. Yeah. From <laughs> from what happened at the shareholder meeting when he when Logan blew up at her to Logan uh, choosing a fascist over her presidential candidate. So Roman is just like fully his guy, Logan's guy now. And it's like sort of Roman's like really hard heel turn here. And I think that was kind of what to take away from the end of it. I mean, it's as I said last week, probably, I think it's like the great tradition of succession episodes that take place at a lavish party. We love it. And this was a, this was playing with that because we've had all these other parties, but this was like, this was a sad party. It was like fun for if you were one of the people there, but like Kendall did not have a, a good time there. And it, it was like really a, a bad experience for all of the main characters of the show. And let me take back. I said this, la- I said last episode that Shiv's outfits have been bad. I liked her dress this episode. So I thought she looked very nice. How did you feel about Shiv's dancing? <laughs> I related to it, unfortunately. It was like an Elaine Bennis sort of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked. I I'll, I liked how evil they're making Roman this season. Like they, because he's a likable actor. I know I say this every single time we record that. Like we like these characters, but we shouldn't be rooting for them because they're all shitty. They really made him extra shitty 
this episode. Yeah. And I think they're just building him. Well, but what I think they're doing is they just build these characters up where they're high on their horse. They think they're daddy's favorite. And then Logan does something to like crush them. And then they're on the bottom again. It's just like continuous cycle for all of them. Well, it's just interesting because I found that it hasn't been the cycle with Roman this year and that like Roman is getting is like getting pulled up and he maybe is not yet but i think he i think the higher he pulls you up the more he's gonna the, eventually the farther the fall is gonna be yeah, yeah. like That'll let's not forget he's roman's the one that logan like physically like, like hit. hit yeah yeah <laughs> um so there's there's a past there that isn't all that rosy um but I thought it was good. I liked, we all know that Kendall was going to say, I wish I was dead. Instead of saying, I wish I yeah. was home. Um, but it was sad. Great performance by Jeremy Strong. Good. Once again, it's, listen, it's a good episode. It's just nothing happened. I also started watching The Great Season 2 this week. So much happens in every episode. <laughs> it's like, literally wars are fought in one and th- like crowns get passed from one to another. Schools get open. Like a lot of shit happens in The Great. Whereas nothing happens here. I need stuff to happen. Yeah. I just need vibes to happen. That's true. Well, speaking of just vibes happening, you watched something that I have not watched yet. Which one? Um... A docu- a certain documentary. I want to recommend a documentary to people who listen to this podcast specifically. It's called The Beatles Colon Get Back. It is on Disney Plus. And if you like Big Brother, particularly the Big Brother live feeds, do I have a recommendation for you? And that is watching this. Because it is eight hours of <laughs> fly a fly on the wall. Camera, you know, camera in the corner of the room of watching four lads from Liverpool sit around, be bored, argue <laughs> about stuff, <laughs> and occasionally write a classic generational pop rock song. So there's no, like, it's it's just rough. It's just footage that's edited, edited together somewhat. There's no story. There's obviously no straight-to-camera interviews. Nope. Nope. It is all just, like, found footage. I mean, they were trying to shoot a documentary of them making this album and doing this live performance. But, and there's, like, some drama that happens, but even then it's, like, the drama in the first episode is, like, George George quits the Beatles, as I guess he does many times. Right. But he, he doesn't even, like, vocalize it. And, like, the moment that makes him like decide to quit the Beatles, it was like purely an internal moment for him, or at least that's how it's presented. It's not like there's a fight where he's like, oh, I've had it. I'm quitting the Beatles. They're rehearsing a song and he just, George, George does not come across fantastic in it. Yeah. I will just say, because he's like, he's not, at the Lennon McCartney level, and he kind of doesn't want to accept his role as like the Ringo of the group. Ringo is like, <laughs> I'm just cool to play the drums, man. I'm cool to be Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> he just shows up. He's always there on time. He's always in a good mood. And he's like, Oh, I'm like, he's like, Yeah, he's just, he's doing his thing. And there's like weird stuff with Lennon and McCartney. Obviously, McCart- McCartney's like such a ham in it. And then Lennon's also just like really deep in the Yoko stuff. And the Yoko stuff is weird too. It's like she's just there all the time. And like 
when they're in this like stage where they're just rehearsing and there's all sorts of people walking around, technicians and producers and engineers and all that stuff, but they're not like in the orbit. And even like Linda McCartney, Linda Eastman at the time and um, Ringo's wife come by and like they come by, but they like hang out like on the side at the coffee table or like they chat with like the producers or whatever people that they know. Yoko doesn't do that. Yoko isn't like sitting off of the side. It's the five of them sitting in a fucking circle together and Yoko's mm. just like knitting. Oh. Or like She's she would be on, if it was No, if she were she would be like on her phone now. Like if it right. were 2020, <laughs> she would just be like the four Beatles sitting around in a circle, Ringo on the drums, the other guys with the guitars or bass, and they're writing this album. And Yoko's just literally sitting right next to them, just like knitting and just kind of just like doing her own thing. She's not really, she's not a force of like causing them to break up. She's just there and her and John are just like literally attached at the hip and they don't, they don't, they do everything together and they literally I, just do everything together. And that's just, that's, it's, it's interesting to see. Yeah, I didn't realize it took place during that era. I've heard a lot about this documentary, but I, I have not watched yet. I don't know if I'm going to. Eight hours is a long time. I've only I'm only through like three and a half. <laughs> I'd I, rather. Can I just listen to some albums? I I think the mu music is beautiful by the Beatles, but do I need to watch? I don't know. No, I, I don't know. It's just weird because it's <laughs> and why I wanted to bring it up here is because it, it felt so much like watching the live feeds. It's just people. Right. But they're writing Jesus, an album yeah. over the course of like three weeks. But they're just sitting in this like studio and like how they write an album isn't they're like, all right, I know I have uh, she came in through the bathroom window in my head and here it goes. She came in through the bathroom window. Like they just sit around and they strum songs and it's like I, there's been a clip shared of of McCartney sort of accidentally stumbling on the song Get Back. And, oh yeah, like, I saw that The one. song Get Back, you watch them write the song over the course of days and like at first it's a pro-immigration song about Pakistani immigrants oh and you're God. like what and you're like what these aren't the fucking lyrics to get back I know this song and, right. you, and it, the creation of these songs is just like repetition and sitting around and sitting around and and doing nothing and just strumming the same chords over and over and over again and playing around with different words and different and and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I think I just wrote Let It Be all, all of a sudden. But that's in that's in cap that's that's encapsulated in this like just like hours of them sitting around and being bored and being like, Yeah, I think we should get lunch. I don't know, what do you want to have? Um, yeah, I think we'll go to this concert next week. And it, they're just like bored, like people are yeah. in the big brother backyard just sitting around bored and like asking people about their siblings for the hundredth time. I think that's great, because honestly, that it kind of is what the creative process probably is most of the time. Everyone wants to think it's like a glamorous, like SNL in the 70s, like everyone's on Coke and going out to Studio 54 and then coming up with brilliant ideas. But it's like probably most of the time now it's like sitting in a room with whoever your writing partner is and sending a lot of emails. And then occasionally, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I tell you, the, the version about like Pakistani immigrants of Get Back is like not as good as the... <laughs> As the version that is the final version. You're like, what yeah. is this? Thank God for the creative process. It's just, it's uh, it's so weird. And and two other things, like I think you you we thought of them as like fighting. I wouldn't even say they even they even really fight. They, they maybe bicker or like 
you can tell they feel strongly about this, but they're all very nice and cordial to each other the entire time. Like, so British, yeah. Every day, they're like, good morning, George. Oh, good morning, Paul. Good to see you. Oh, hello, John. Good morning, John. And it's just like, <laughs> these guys spent every moment with each other for like 10 years, and they still say, good morning, George, to each other. Right. I haven't said my like my friends' first names <laughs> like, it's the it's the Brit in them. Yeah. It's, and, there's and a formality there. The, the My one final thing too, is I probably should have said this earlier, is like when I first started watching it, it was actually kind of weirdly emotional for me because I had never, I never really spent time with these people before in this sort of way where you're like, all right, I'm like in a room with them for eight hours and they're just like smoking cigarettes and eating toast and being bored. And yeah. they felt like these sort of, gods or like these these statues that we didn't know what these people are like especially john who died 20 or 40 i'm sorry 41 years ago um i've i've seen paul mccarty in concert that was great but it's like he's just a guy on a stage and i think everyone kind of knows john uh, i'm sorry paul and and uh ringo the most but it was like oh my god i'm like sitting in a room in high def with John Lennon right now and I just never yeah you see clips of him playing on the Ed Sullivan show or whatever and it's like, but that's just not the same and like oh my god yeah. this is this guy brought back from the dead and here he is and he's just like hanging out with his girlfriend who loves to knit I mean it is it makes me think like wow who had the intelligence to set that camera up and just let it run knowing yeah. like someday we, we might want this Someday we might use this footage. <laughs> well, they have, well, they are, they are like object, they are, they have set out to shoot a documentary of them at this time. So like, and the director is a character in it. Oh, and he's okay. like always hanging out with them. And he's like, I think we should do that. And I don't think the director particularly has any good ideas. <laughs> and it's like, and one of the things too is like, they're doing this live show, which would eventually become the famous rooftop concert that they do in 1969. But that is not the idea until very late in the game. And they're like, oh, we should go and do it in like Tunisia at some like castle. Or we should do it at a hospital ward for sick children. And we know what the ending is. They do this iconic concert on a rooftop in England. And they're like, oh, no, we should do it as like a news broadcast and we have all of these news broadcasters cutting in between all the songs and then at the end they say the Be the Beatles have broken up and that'll be it and like we'll just and you're like man these are interesting ideas but these are horrible fucking ideas <laughs> for the most part do they show the Beatles being like mm, no thanks uh, I don't know I mean kind of yeah like they're all just there it's like if you I think Danielle you would just you might get a kick out of it just because it's like, or you might hate it because it's like, it's like participating in a lot of creative meetings where everyone's kind right. of bored, kind of tired, and doesn't really <laughs> have any good ideas. I feel like I actually will love watching it because I love watching people be real. I love oh, watching yeah. people just be fucking real, even if they are bored. So I might, you know what? I went back and forth during this review. I was like, ah, maybe, maybe now I don't need to watch it. But now I'm like, maybe I do need to. So I think I'll check it out. Okay. Um, What's it on? What? what Disney streaming? Plus. Ugh, okay, never mind. I won't because I don't have that anymore. <sighs> All right. Whatever. <laughs> well, speaking of a 
streaming service that everyone has. I just wanted to say, yes, I have watched all of True Story on Netflix. <laughs> the Kevin Hart serious drama. Um, I watched it all. I've seen it. What, what can I say? I don't want to spoil it because there are like some twists. It starts out somewhat flight attendant-esque. In that, oh, like, my favorite show. <laughs> Kevin Hart wakes up. He's basically, here's what this show is. This show is Kevin Hart boldly asking, hey, if I killed someone, would anyone really care? <laughs> would answer, I, as Kevin Hart? Yeah, like, as a Kevin Hart-esque. He doesn't play Kevin Hart, but he plays basically a guy who is Kevin Hart. He is he like a, a famous comedian? Famous comedian from Philadelphia who who is performing like a week-long stint in Philadelphia. And I guess, I, I don't know if this is real life, but he has a very intense relationship with his brother, played by Wesley Snipes in the show. Um, and things happen. But it really is the show... It, that only spoils the first episode, but it's like Kevin Hart being like, if I killed someone, would you really care? <laughs> and I just think that's a very interesting uh, interesting for him to get out there with that, you know? Interesting. I, I knew nothing about the show. I tell you, I have no... Kevin Hart does not do it for me at all. Like, we were talking about I'm, Mindy Kaling last week and being, both of us being like, eh. We we appreciate that we like that she has a successful career, but it doesn't quite do it for us. I would much wa rather watch anything she does. Like I don't, Kevin Hart just like nothing about him is funny to me. I I I just don't think his stand up is funny. I don't think he's like a, I think he's just like an overly broad actor. In I don't know in a way that's just like very. I think he's charming to me. I don't know. Like I so, think he's really charming. I, I think he's definitely got like star charisma. Um, Obviously, is, and I'm not saying he like I'm not saying he sucks or anything. It's just like other people fucking clearly love this guy, and he has like yeah. this um, incredible career where he's making all sorts of these comedy movies that, for like the last half decade, every like the biggest comedy every year was something that Kevin Hart did, whether it was yeah. with The Rock or whatever. It's just like I don't know. It's like, but also I don't think The Rock is like that funny too. Like. Okay, no, totally. the rock is fat. Is that the, is that it? Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Totally. It's my, like the charm outweighs. My conceptions any. have been turned upside down. <laughs> <laughs> the charm of the two people usually outweighs like any semblance of like actual comedy. But I just thought it was an interesting choice for Kevin Hart to do, and it really the tone of the show really to me came across as I could kill someone. And it wouldn't matter. <laughs> like Prove it. <laughs> to me, yeah. To me, that was, like, very bold. And it also, the show, he, like, I, I don't think he wrote it. I, I, I'm guessing he produced it in some way. But I'm like, whoever wrote this show was, like, Kevin Hart could kill someone and get away with it. And Kevin Hart hates his fans because fans are stupid. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm just, it, it, it was very watchable, I actually thought. I It was I think seven or eight episodes. I watched the whole thing over the week. There's eight episode drama about Kevin Hart murdering someone? Well, yeah, but I can't give away too much. Okay, I won't. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to watch it. But, but it was it was kind of interesting. <laughs> Listen, if you want to see how you feel about Kevin Hart killing someone, give it, a, give it a try. Is it, does he kill someone? Or should I not even ask that question? All right, 
Spoiler alert. If you don't want any spoilers, don't listen. This is it. We're almost done with the show. We're like, <laughs> yeah, at, okay. we're, at, we're at an hour. So in the first episode, he wakes up with this body in his bed of a girl he met at the club the night before. And so Flight what you attendant. think... Yeah, exactly. What you th- But you don't see him kill her, right? So... As an intelligent audience member, you're like, oh, but maybe not. You never know. Something shady could be going on. Because then immediately his brother calls in Billy Zane, who's like going to clean up this mess. He's like used to dealing with dead bodies, I guess. Billy Zane. (laughs) That's amazing. Where's he been? He's been waiting for this, but here's the thing. So Billy Zane comes. He's like, I'll take care of it. We can get that boat out from under the Atlantic. I have a child. Um, but so he he cleans up. He gets the body out of there. And then he's like, great. So Kevin Hart, I know you're rich. You have to pay me now $6 million for doing this. And Kevin Hart doesn't want to do it, even though he's worth like a billion dollars. And so instead of paying him, Kevin Hart kills him. And we oh, so see him does. kill him. He extremely kills Billy Zane. And that's wow. in the first episode. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Maybe it's the second. But but so then so the whole show then is like he killed this guy and he possibly killed that girl. You don't find out about the girl until the end, till later. But like one way or another. But he is a murderer in the show. <laughs> like, yes, he's being extorted, but he's not like it's like he Did had he the wait money. until after the killer was after the Billy Zane was done with the cleanup. Yes, like Billy Zane okay. did his part of the job. And then it's like, listen, I know you're... I got the first, invoice. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, I know you're worth this much money. And by the way, he's like, Kevin Hart is like, so how much do I owe you for this? $30,000 <laughs> to clean up a dead body found in his bed. Six million um, seems a bit steep. But how, I, how how expensive is freedom? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it is a lot of money, but this they they make a big point of like he is very very rich, and so he can afford it, and he doesn't you know he doesn't want to call the cops. He wants this to just go away. Billy Zane came. He performed a service. He should be paid his fee. He, but instead, he, he the kills plumber him. over. He, the toilet's clogged. He gets out the clog out. Pay him. Pay the man. Yeah, Don't it kill was the plumber. It was very weird because it was like. Am I supposed to be on Kevin Hart's side? Because <laughs> he killed, he just killed him. <laughs> um, and then the rest of the show, you're like, okay, Kevin Hart, but you are a killer, actually. So how bad am I supposed to feel for you? <gasps> but it's okay because it was Billy Zane. I guess. And I guess, I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting, it's just an interesting uh, way the show decided to go. <laughs> All I can say. That's why it kept me hanging on because I was like, I, I immediately when I saw the girl, I was like, oh, he didn't kill her. The brother probably did it or someone else did yeah, it. Yeah, like why would you up. make the show if it was like, yeah, he killed her. Right, exactly. <laughs> but so then, so well, then when he killed Billy Zane, I was like, oh, so he is a killer. So now, wait, what the hell is this show? And I'm still asking myself that question. Anyway, we should get to some questions or comments. I don't think we have a ton this week. I think we just have from Magnificent. They wrote in and said, I think it's a little sus that Ricard keeps updating his Twitter bio with the amount of people that have had their torch snuffed. I have no hard proof or any evidence, really, but I think 
it means he makes it to the finale. And that's not really hard to imagine. Hashtag sleuth. (laughs) (laughs) I have not looked at Ricard's uh, Twitter. No, I I looked after Kent sent this in and I. I I say I think that's an incredibly smart observation. I would imagine Kent is correct. I think so too, and it's hard because um, yeah, there's a bunch of time in between the final tribal council and then the actual finale. So like, they're home, but they shouldn't be allowed. Nobody knows to... who won. Nobody knows yeah. who won. Um, yeah, I don't think they should have access to their accounts, though. I think they should lock those up, throw away the key. For the entirety of the show's on. Because someone's going to slip up and mess up. Yeah, and at least just spoil like who makes it to final three or whatever. Yeah, this definitely tips its head to um, probably Ricard is in the final three. Although the editing of the show itself was tipping us that way. And I would imagine if, if Ricard gets the final three, he's going to win. Yeah. Isn't it so crazy we made so much fun of him for being, <laughs> for calling himself the strategic mastermind, but it turns really out, is. like, he knows himself really well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was just play. Well, it was a bit premature on his part. Yeah. Um, gang, thank you for listening. Thank you for the cameo. Thank you for the comments oh, yeah. and questions throughout the week, because we get them in throughout the week. Um, you can always send them, hey, Julie, BB on Twitter. And hey, Julie, big brother at gmail.com. Our email address. Yeah, we love it. We thank you for uh, sending all those in. Um, yeah, thank you for everything. Um, that's it. Goodbye. That's it. How, how do podcasts end? I feel like I forgot. Bye, Jeff. Oh, bye, Jeff. <laughs>